Hi, my name is Danny Morell, and this is Real Estate Sales, the podcast for real estate professionals and entrepreneurs that are on a path of daily inspired action leading towards success in every area of their lives. Get ready to once again break through and realize your true potential. Hello, friends, and welcome. This is Danny Morell, and I am sitting here with a special guest that we have on today's show. Uh, this is, of course, episode number 31 of the Real Estate Sales Show. Uh, before I introduce you to our guest, I've got to do a couple of things and a couple of uh, house cleaning. Guys, I've got to tell you, if you're not following me on Facebook, you're missing out. The last um, live Facebook broadcast we have where I actually let all of you, our listeners, uh, look at our sales meetings went through the roof. We had close to 5,000 listeners in just two days of the posting of that. And it was actually a review of Tony Robbins business mastery, which I had just attended. So if you're not following me on Facebook, listen to me right now, look up, look me up. My personal one is maxed out. Don't go to that one. And I don't do anything on that one. Anyways, go to uh, facebook.com backslash danny.morell.page so that when I let you guys in, you can participate because there's a lot of life changing content that we are offering. Um, secondly, I want to give a shout out to let's see here. Pat Cheshulahana. I'm sorry, but that's what it says. It says, new realtor here, first year, still waiting on my license to be hung on my brokerage. Until then, I've been motivating myself to get sped, uh, sped up. And I listen to uh, the real estate sales show. It's given me all the information I need in order to excel in the industry. Can't wait to get my career started from C. Pereira. So C. Pereira, thank you for that. Thank you for that review. Uh, and then uh, looks like just today, uh, uh, August 31st, by Tulsa Pro. Danny, your material is great. I'm uplifted and smarter after each episode. Can I ask a favor? Please have your audio guy compress your audio a little bit more, maybe a lot more. Okay, sounds like we're having some issues. Can't hear some sentences and some hurt my ears. You know what? I will definitely do that. Thank you for that. Nothing like uh, some constructive criticism to help us grow. Watch all the haters are going to start posting all their stuff now, right? But thank you, Tulsa Pro, for that. I really appreciate that, guys. Your ratings and review helped tremendously. We have 139 five-star reviews, one four-star, and there's that one crazy person that just hates motivation, positivity, business uh, strategies, and uh, gave us a, a negative one-star review. But that's okay. All right, guys, here we are. I would like to introduce you to my good friend, Miss Lisa Ray, out of what part of Colorado, Lisa? Boulder, Colorado. Boulder, Colorado. Say hello, Lisa. Hey, guys. So, Lisa, not only this is kind of interesting. Not only are you from or 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 at Boulder, Colorado, you're originally from Chula Vista, San Diego. I'm from Florida and California. Yes, Florida and California. So, tell tell me about that. Let's let's get started. Tell us a little bit about the life and times of Lisa Ray. <laughs> well, my dad was in the Navy, so we moved around a lot, going from Jacksonville, Florida, to San Diego and San Francisco. My dad wasn't the greatest. He, you know, the Navy and two terms in Vietnam made him into an alcoholic. Hmm. And uh, he ended up going to get beer and cigarettes one day when I was seven and just never came back. And uh, my mom had to work hard to be a single parent to both my sister and myself. Mm. So we kind of 
bebopped around a lot, moved a lot, and uh, she never could afford to purchase a house. But she loved going to open houses. So we always, on the weekend after church, would go visit open houses. It was her favorite thing to do. And that started my love for real estate at a young age. I felt like, you know, I want to be a normal person <laughs> and have a normal house and a normal family. And that was my goal. I don't think anything is normal, though, is what I've learned. No, it, it's not. But I, I totally could understand what you're saying. Lisa, I didn't know that we had that much in common. That's kind of crazy. When I was listening to your previous podcast, I was thinking to myself, yeah, we have a lot in common. Yeah, we absolutely do. And so, um, and so at what point in time, where did you start your real estate career? Was that in San Diego? or Florida. It was in Florida. I, yeah, I was the youngest person in the state of Florida to get a real estate license at 18. But not a lot of people took me seriously. I heard folks saying things like, you look just like my granddaughter, you know. And so I went into timeshare. Hmm. I sold timeshare on the beach and then right in front of uh, Disney World for about four years. And then a company out of California recruited me. And so I went back to San Diego and uh, sold timeshare there. And then I evolved a bunch of people that were selling timeshare went to work for Robert Allen, do you know who he is? He, he wrote a bunch of books, yeah? I absolutely do, and I took some of his courses, yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Yeah. So yeah. I worked with Bob for five years, and at the end of my term with him, I was traveling around the country, putting on the workshops and uh, introducing Bob. But then he went out of business. He did. You know what? And, and it's funny, because I'm looking for... The One Minute Millionaire. The One Minute Millionaire. Because that, right. that book changed my life, but someone <laughs> obviously stole it from me, so it's not here. But yeah, <laughs> that, that book was incredible. So if you're out there listening and if you don't know or you've never read The One Minute Millionaire, I highly, highly recommend it, especially if you're a mom. Right, Lisa? Right. Yeah, he was really good at able to identify properties in which to find, fix, and flip. Uh, he's a really good man, great company to work for. But uh, then I went into mortgages, and so I was doing loans and uh, in San Diego and became a mortgage banker, kind of kept moving up that corporate ladder. Mm -hmm. And then the uh, company I was working for, Fremont Investment and Loan, which was that of Anaheim, not too far from where you are, right? Yep. And uh, they offered me the opportunity to run the state of Colorado, uh, which I did for a while. And then I had my second baby and thought, I can't be the number one mortgage banker, have a five-year-old, an infant, a husband who traveled. It was just too much. So I took a sabbatical mm -hmm. for about three years. Really glad I had that opportunity to be home with the kiddos. And then I thought, I'm going to go back to work. What am I going to do? And I decided full circle, go back to real estate. And that was about 10, yeah, about 10 years ago. The first four years, it was just to make a little extra income. Right. To pay for someone to clean the house and be able to buy a new outfit without having to ask my husband. Right. You know? Gotcha. So, 
stuff. Uh, and and then I found Mike Ferry and mm-hmm. thought to myself, all right, now's the time. Let's do it. And I'll never forget sitting the family down after going to my first retreat and saying, okay, I'm not going to be able to make breakfasts and your snacks and your lunches and take you to the bus stop and be here at 4 o'clock if I'm going to do this. It's going to change all of our lives. So we need to all buy into this idea that Alma's going to go back to work. So uh, there's not going to be Because we're a team, right? Right, right. No more mints on the bed pillows with your beds made. (laughs) Those days are done. And I said, what would all of you want to do as a family to, um, as an incentive? Right. And they all agreed that they wanted to go to Tahiti. And so we put up boards everywhere and the goal was Tahiti. And I ended up taking the family to Tahiti and Bora Bora, or as they say, Bora Bora. Bora Bora, yeah. Bora Bora. Because that's what that, you know what, that's what they say. They say that in, uh, no, in Fiji, they say Bula Bula. Is that what it is? Uh, this is not in feet close, but close. this is closer to Tahiti. Gotcha. And it's Bora Bora. And we had one of those huts over the water with the plexiglass floor to see the, you know, fish going by. And it was a lot of fun. Awesome. So, um, and now they also put together dream boards because they come true. It's like a, a Christmas wish list. I love Christmas it. Christmas wish list. Yeah. You know, it's funny you bring that up, Lisa. I just posted something today, and I'm just going to show on my phone. This is an, an Instagram post I made today. It says, when the vision is clear, uh, the sacrifice is easy. The sacrifice is easy when the vision is clear. And so it was obvious to me. And by the way, you just said a mouthful. So I've got a lot of questions to ask you based off of that. But it was pretty interesting to me that I was just, I, I say this all the time, you know, get clear with what you want get really good at clearly articulating that to your family because I think that's the key. We got to have our families backing in order for us to have peace of mind to go do what it is that we want to do for them ultimately, you know? Absolutely. And 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 then I said and then, you know, if you really want to make it, put a goal together and and put it on a piece of paper, draw it out put pictures to support it, and then offer the family a reward when you achieve that goal. And it's so interesting to me, like I could say that till I'm blue in the face, Lisa, and some people just like do it right away and obviously succeed like you have. And then some people don't. Some people, I don't know if they don't believe, I don't know if they have a hard time thinking past their current circumstance, but some people just kind of, stop and they settle into mediocrity. So I want to, I, I want to talk to you about that. When you, when you went to speak to your family, um, did they buy in? Was it tough? What, what, what happened there? They, they, they bought in, but I want to go back to that question that you had. Why do not, why do people not go with their visions mm-hmm. or take that time to clearly identify their visions. I think it's two reasons. I think number one, it's because people don't feel worthy. Mm -hmm. And the second reason I believe is because they're fearful. It's, uh, they're afraid that they'll, 
put all their dreams and hopes in something, and then if it doesn't come true, they'll feel crushed. Can I give you another one? Yeah. Some are afraid that it'll actually happen. <laughs> because, you know, when you walk around with the bullshit story in your head about, you know, the income you make or don't make, the lifestyle you live or don't live, and then all of a sudden you have this big conflicting result that goes directly against what you've been buying into your whole life, man, that kind of messes people up sometimes. I can see that. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and especially if you come from a background like you and I have in which we didn't see a lot of success around us, right? Absolutely. Then you think, oh, wow, maybe the rest, it's, it's normal to be broke and poor and have a bad attitude because yeah. that's just the way you were raised around those people and yeah. their thoughts. So, uh, Lisa, do you mind if I, uh, if I ask you a little bit of a tough question here? You can ask me anything you want, Danny. Lisa, wait, you know, we have a lot. I say the same thing. I say, I'm an open book. There's, there's, I am an open book. I, I mean, there, there's nothing. You can't do anything to hurt me. You can't let me down. Like, like literally, I think, do you consider that a strength, by the way, of yours? People can hurt me. People I have can. been hurt. <laughs> okay. And we'll talk about that. All right. Right. Uh, so... Sometimes I can be a little bit of a turtle, you know, a tough exterior, but oh. I'm a softy inside. Okay. All right. Mm. All right. Well, I'm a mean son of a gun. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing. I, I just, you know, I'll tell you, maybe this will help you out. I'm, I'm so committed to living an amazing life mm -hmm. and to helping others um, uh, live an amazing life that I just don't allow myself um, – to have anybody else put me in a state of suffering. Tony, Tony Robbins says two things. He says that there are only two states that you can be in, a beautiful state and a state of suffering. And suffering begets more suffering. So I think we as human beings do a phenomenal job at putting ourselves in suffering all the time. Like, yes. we, like we're so good at it ourselves, why would we let anybody else do it? Does, does, does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that could help that you out resonates. just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that resonates with me. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to ask you because, um, you know, these are things that a lot of people don't speak about. They don't speak about the tough things, and it's because the ego doesn't doesn't want you to be free. It doesn't want you to speak about the tough things. But you know, it, it seems like um, we've both gone through a situation, and it had to do with our fathers. Right. Um, if you know my story, my, mine basically not he took off. We kind of took off on him when I was about 13. Um, we left from New York City to come to California. Mom didn't even know how to drive a car. So I started driving illegally at 13 just to get the family around. Right. And um, and uh, you kind of went through the same thing because mine just decided to not reach out anymore. He he just decided that he was done, you know. And so I know that we all handle that differently. Um, how did you handle that? Well, it, it is tough because you're taking a child and then the child has to become parentified. And you uh, grew up instantly in driving your mom around. And I, as well, ended up, you know, trying to take care of the family with, in my dad's absence. Hmm. How did I handle it? It was it was tough. 
You know, some t- do you ever see that movie Castaway with Tom Hanks and he comes back from the island, he finally is rescued and he goes back and he sees his girlfriend and she's like, how do you, how'd you do it? And he says to her, I just put one foot in front of the other. Wow. And sometimes when things are tough, that's all you can do is just put one foot in front of the other and then praise God for any kind of blessing that you receive. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to ask you another tough one because I, I have to because I, I really want because you see, Lisa, um, I'm such a big believer. And, and by the way, I'm thoroughly enjoying this conversation with you. I've got to tell Me you. Me too. Yeah, because I love getting real. I love getting raw because nobody freaking wants to do that. And that's what we all have to do, really, if we're going to grow. You know, um, I, I, I see people on a day to day basis struggle with 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 doing basic things like smiling, you know, and you have an amazing smile. And I think that that's what attracts people to you. And when people have a hard time with that, and when people have a hard time with picking up the phone or they have a hard time with dreaming big, it's just because their inner world, there's, there's strife and conflict there, you know, Mm -hmm. and that strife and conflict comes through stuff that we went through in the past. Yeah. And so I know for myself, I have scars from the situation that happened with my dad. I know that I'm really, I tend to be like really hands off with people sometimes. I, I, I don't let people get too close, but I do great in front of a crowd. Just try not to sit down and have dinner with me. I'm a little boring. I get introverted a little bit, you know. <laughs> um, how about for you? Do you know or do you, have you realized any of your scars now that you are um, grown up maybe? Oh, of course, of course, yeah. In fact, I was talking about that to I'm part of Toastmasters, and I did a speech about that. There are these little parts, like the movie Inside Out, where, you know, um, one of the characters I was talking about in my speech yesterday was this character that I have, Rocky Balboa, Hmm. you know? And when something happens that is not to my liking or I feel threatened or whatever. I mean, I can come out, you know, with a left jab of sarcasm and an uppercut that'll leave you speechless, you know? So those are the things that as I age, I'm trying daily to tone down and, and get a rein on those parts that can be a little negative in their character and the way that they interact with others. Awesome. It's it's a it's a constant struggle with getting over that. Yeah. If, if you want to grow. And so let me ask you the next question because this is big. Um, see, the second part to that is I think people have a very difficult time with, you know, allowing other people to teach them. Um, with allowing themselves to be coachable, with. Um, with risking a little to find a mentor to, to, to really help them in their lives. And I think that you are a phenomenal example of that. And I'm going to share something that you're famous for in a second. But, um, but you said something, if you're willing to grow. So, so, so talk to me about that process. You're obviously willing to grow. You obviously want to be a better version of yourself, which will then translate to more sales and more all of that stuff. Um, how do you show the world that you're willing to grow? What, what are some clues that, that Lisa Ray shows um, with her coachability, basically? You know, I try to brainwash myself in a positive way every single day. And 
I believe that it is our job in life to be better than we were the day before, always trying, striving to improve. Right. The biggest way that I think that you can do that is by trying to rein in your ego and just like when that previous uh, person was telling you some constructive criticism, mm -hmm. to be able to listen, be open. Not all of it's going to be accurate, mm -hmm. but if you at least have an open mind and take it in and say, okay, well, let me see, can I, can I do something about that? Can I yeah. improve and help others? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Um, you have a coach. I do. You pay money for this coach. Yes. And um, you're also pretty famous um, in our world for being someone that cut a check for one year of coaching. Is that, is that what you did? Yes. Yes. Okay, so, so tell me about that. So Because sometimes I get the story mixed up. You cut a check to my coach and my mentor, Mike Ferry, um, for how much and for how long and what was the deal there? A couple years ago, I was going, I knew the divorce was imminent. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting in the room with thousands and thousands of people around me. And Mike was explaining how in his earlier career, his boss had said to him that if, you know, you better go into work. And he called him every day and he busted his chops. And, you know, Where, what are you doing? It's 8.30. You need to be in the office. And, you know, how that really helped and motivated him and that he believed that if anybody out there, salesperson, independent contractor, uh, realtor, had someone that was on him, you know, every day, mm -hmm. uh, that they would increase their sales and be hugely successful. Okay. And then he said, you know, I would do that for you, any of you, for $100,000. Ha, 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 ha. And off he went to the next comment. And, and, and let me ask you something, because Mike is the greatest salesperson on planet Earth. Do you think, do you, I, I've always wanted to know this. Do you think he was, tr he threw out the bait and wanted to see if anybody took the bite? Or he, do you think he literally just said, I'd do it, but, but nobody's going to do it anyway? What, what, what do you think? It's hard to know for sure what his thought was without getting inside or asking him specifically. Uh, yeah. But when I did go up, so I went up at the break, my hands were so sweaty and so nervous. Mm -hmm. And then I lost my nerve and I went back to my chair. And then it was the last day of the event. I went back again. And right when I'm going to speak with him, they announced, okay, everybody, we're done. Get in your seats again. I was like, ugh, all of that nervous. Now my hands and my armpits are sweating. Right. I was so nervous. And so then I knew this was my last chance, right? So I finally walked up to him and I said, hey, do you know that comment that you made? Was that entertainment value? Were you serious? And he's like, what comment? And I said, the thing about, you know, you would call us every day for a year for $100,000. He's like, oh, his startled expression makes me think that he yeah, didn't. that he didn't. Right, right, right. And then he said, go get your checkbook. <laughs> he did. He said it like that? Go for the clothes, man. Very okay, good. All right, good. Well, yes, you know, yes, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not giving you $100,000 right now. I'm just asking a question. He's like, for you, 
I would do it for a hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, again, I, I'm I'm not saying yes to this. Right. He said, "Well, call me in the office on Monday, and we'll talk more about it." So that's how it started. Okay, so let me. I, I want to know about this because. Um, so tell me. So let, let's start with this. What was your production like leading up to that, to that moment on a yearly basis? Just give me some 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 numbers for the previous three years. How about we do that? So like I said, when I went back into real estate, it was kind of more part time. You know, mm -hmm. sell a house here and there. And I was selling seven to nine homes a year, making eh, about $80,000 a year. Doing really well, I thought. Mm -hmm. And then I joined coaching and uh, I went to like 11 deals, made 120, 130. That was my first year. And it wasn't full on coaching, they had that uh, two on one. Yeah, the two on one thing, right? Then, then I started working and then I got into coaching and I did, uh, $200,000 a year. And then I worked with Mike and I went to four and change. And then two years after being with Mike and doing that deal, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. I made over a million bucks. <laughs> you did? Yeah. I, last year we uh, grossed 637,000 dollars yeah but you know how you were saying about the mindset yep and yep. how it's not that people don't think that they don't believe it will happen they believe that it may happen and that scares them to death you yep. know yep yep this year has been that for me okay okay i think because the last 2 years i made over a million dollars and right. from a, a girl from the hood it just is I, I, I kept saying, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I can't believe I did it. And I think I kept saying, I can't believe it way too much. And then this year has not been as great as it's been in the past. I think I messed my mindset up a little bit. Yeah, you can't believe yourself out of it is what happened. Yeah. Well, two part, Lisa. Part number one, you can't believe yourself out of it. And part number two, you really didn't have a vision bigger than the million bucks. Yeah. Because that, that's that, exactly it. That's what tends to happen. And what tends to happen is we we you know we see a million bucks a year. Which, by the way, guys, if you're out there, please listen and and you know I kind of if, if you're listening on the podcast, go to the YouTube channel so you can see my face right now. But it is very simple to make a million bucks a year in real estate. It is simple. I can teach anybody how to do it. It's very it's very very doable. The problem is not the ability to do it. The problem is you accepting that it's simple to do it, right? And then all you have to do is put the pieces together. And so what happened in this case, Lisa, is that you saw a million bucks a year, not just as a big goal. This was like a life-altering, like, oh, my God, nobody I know has ever done this in the history of life type of goal. And it was so far-fetched from what you saw yourself as. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of hit it. And you've bounced back down now. I did. Yeah. Right? And, yeah. This, and this is what happens, Lisa, is that we find a financial, how could I say this, a number that we call normal. And maybe your normal now is that four to $700,000 range. Yeah. And you went above the normal a little too much and you drop, drop yourself right back down. Yeah. And so yeah. I would encourage you 
Like okay. in my mastermind group, I don't mastermind with anyone that earns less than two million bucks a year. Wow. Wow. Because because watch this and, and this Lisa, I'm loving this conversation. But what, what what happens to us is that we see something, it's all in your head. We see something as normal, and normal is all just based off of a perception. Mm-hmm. So we literally have to work on changing our perception because the reality is, is that, and you know, everybody in the group that I, that I, that I'm, that I'm with, you know, the Neils and the, and the Michael Youngs and the, and they're, they're all 1.5 to 2.5 literally. And somebody in the group, I don't want to disclose, somebody made a million bucks in a month this year. Mm-hmm. Wow. So here's my question to you. What are you doing now? The way you did it a couple of years back, what are you doing now to stretch yourself, right? To catapult yourself past that million because you have to do it now. You have to do it. You got to get past the million bucks now. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you had mentioned the vision earlier. When I felt myself being in this slump, I thought, okay, what can I do to get out of this? And the first thing I did is I ran to Walgreens. Mm. I go to Walgreens and I buy glue sticks, magazines, a poster board. And I went home. I got my scissors out. And I was like, Edward Scissorhands. (laughs) And that day, it was a Sunday, that day I made my new vision board. I hadn't done one for a couple of years. I uh, started thinking. I'm not just saying that because we're talking, but I swear, started listening to your podcast. I, it's true. Um, I downloaded Lead the Field by Earl Nightingale so Mm -hmm. I could listen in the car as I was driving around. Mm -hmm. Like I said Mm -hmm. earlier, I'm really trying to brainwash myself in such positivity that I can, and you know, and stretch those goals and, and get back out there. I love it. Well, listen, I'm willing to help you with that. So, Thank you. So if we got to talk once a week, I'm, I'm more than happy to do that for you. Okay. Aww. Okay. Um, the other thing is, and I know this is like for people like us who are, who are always striving to grow. This is like, yeah, Tony Robbins, of course. But when was the last time you went to Tony Robbins? I used to live right next to Tony Robbins, but I've never, ever been to any of his. Oh, I don't. <laughs> You're giving me that. Lisa. <laughs> You can't I'll, do that. <laughs> Are you telling me I need to go to a Tony yes, Robbins Yes, you event? have to go. Yes, this is like, look, you know, I know some people may think I'm crazy, but there's like, you know, living a normal life and you don't have to do anything. You can sit on the TV, you can sit on the couch, watch the TV, eat your bonbons, kind of, you know, relax. And you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything to stretch yourself out of the box, right? But if you want to live an extraordinary life, there's a group of people, there's a segment of the society right? That literally is always looking for new ways to innovate themselves as human beings. And kind of like the godfather of that is Tony Robbins. Like, if you think about it, I'll tell you the story that I have played in my head was, yeah, I went to Tony Robbins 10 years ago. Yeah, I already know. No, no. This is a constant conversation. It's like, I would never say, yeah, I went to Mike Ferry last year. No, I'm right there front and center. And so are you, Right. right? Right. The, yeah. re- the reality is, is that, you know, sometimes we need different mentorship for different things, basically, is, is what I'm trying to say. That's a good point. Yeah. Okay. I promise I will look into it. Okay. So I'm I'll... signing up 
for retreat. Okay, so I'll tell you what, there's one coming up next month in San Jose. It's Unleash the Power Within. Lisa Ray, you've never walked on fire? <laughs> no. Well, th well, there you go. You can't make more than a million bucks if you don't walk on fire. All right. Well, I'll walk on fire and make a million dollars. That's a great goal. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. And so, uh, and I think 12 of our agents are going to be there. So it'll be fun. You can, you guys can connect. And if not, they have one coming up in March. Um, and then another great one is date with destiny. And then the one that I just came back from was business mastery. And I, I know I sound like a commercial, but I push, I push people to mic. I push people to wherever they can go to grow. Cause that's obviously just a passion of mine, you know? Yeah. Good. So, so I want to go back to that check you wrote to Mike Ferry for $100,000 in the year. What the heck were you thinking? That's a lot of money. My friends that were surrounding me at the retreat, when it just wouldn't let go, it was like this was a compelling feeling, like I have to do this. And my friends are like, Lisa, it's a hundred thousand dollars. Are you crazy? Right. I know you're going through, you know, this divorce that's coming up. You've got to save your money. And I'm like, I know, but I just feel like I have to, uh, the actual check. He was a good negotiator, Mike Ferry. Uh, he said, let's do six months of me calling you every day uh -huh. for uh -huh. 50,000. Uh -huh. And uh -huh. then, uh, I'll coach you once a week. And that's $2,000 a month. So the check ultimately ended up being $62,000. Okay, cool. I love it. I love it. And I mean, what, you know, most humans would never do that. You don't think so? Oh, no. No, because well, everybody's afraid. Every See, everybody gets caught up in, 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 in the meaning of letting go of this, this money because nobody can see past and nobody can see the reward because I know what the reward would be like if I spoke to Mike or if I spoke to somebody of that caliber every single day, how much did your income jump? Well, the first year it doubled and then the it second du it, year it doubled. Now listen, ho hold on. Tell me the numbers because you see, I think like the term doubling your business gets thrown around so much that I think people don't understand the gravity of that. So you went yeah, from, I went from, it was like 200. I have to get my uh, financials out, but from memory, it was right around 202 to 12. And then I worked with Mike. It went to four, it was like 430 something. Wow. And then, and then it went to 637 last year. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I love awesome. it. I love it. That is fantastic. What did you learn from that experience that maybe you could pass on to our listeners, specifically some people out there who are afraid to like, you know, get involved in, in some sort of training or coaching or whatever the case may be? Well, interestingly enough, I had a woman call me today, this morning, and she is going through a divorce mm. and she was pretty emotional on the phone and what I shared with her is what I learned from Mike and that is uh, you can have your pity party mm -hmm. just schedule it for later in the day <laughs> that is awesome and it's a job yeah you know a lot of I, I told her I said you're not the only person going through a divorce there are five fi firefighters police officers 
my girlfriend was working for NASA. You know, people don't care if you are employed. You know, of course they're compassionate, yes, but they still need the job. The job has to, be to done. get done. Yeah. And yeah. so it was it. G O I, get over it. Yeah. It's a J O B. That's what Mike used to say. G O I, it's a J O B. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I love it. And so that mind frame is what helped you get past that unfortunate situation and have that breakthrough. Yeah, and the other thing with uh, this lady that had called me this morning is, you know, I, I was telling her, because I could empathize with her pain, I said, I remember calling Mike, and I just couldn't stop crying. You know, you leave the house, and you're fighting, and the kids are unhappy, and you try to drive to the office and put a smile on your face, but I couldn't stop crying. Yeah. And I said, Mike, how... I was like, how can I prospect when I can't stop crying? And he was like, close down your computer right now and call me when you're in the car. Right. So I did as I was told, and I called him in the car, and he said, now what I want you to do is I want you to go uh, door knock. I want you, and, and what I realized is a lot like Tony Robbins, I did watch The Date where is it The Date yeah, with Yeah, on Netflix. Uh-huh. Yeah, Netflix. and. He says he just likes to sh- sh- stop it, you know, right. just do like a, uh, what do it's, they call it's, it? It's a called, shift change. Yeah, it's a state change, yeah. It's a called, it's called stop, stop Suffering the Moment It Begins. Stop so Suffering st- the Moment. Stop the Suffering the Moment It Begins. The moment you feel it coming on, stop it. Shake yourself out of it and get into a better state. So I think that's what he was trying to do, is just to stop it, you know, without just screaming at me. Stop, yeah. you know, yeah. just... And also getting outside was lovely because it was, you know, sun and fresh air and meeting people face to face is easier than calling on the phone sometimes. So uh, I would say that that was a really helpful part of it as well. Awesome. Um, And I want to bring something up for those of you guys out there that are maybe having a breakdown right now. Just listen to this amazing example that Lisa just gave us. Talk about a traumatic situation Um, She went out in faith. Um, She went out and made it happen. She believed in herself. She made adjustments. Instead of picking up the phone, she went outside. I love that you said it was sunshine because I I tell people all the time, I said, listen, you can make a million dollars a year door knocking three hours a day. You really can. You really can. It's just all your perspective. When you think of the reasons not to, I think of, okay, number one, I'm going to get a tan. So that's kind of good right there, right? Right, and exercise. Number two, I'm going to exercise and I'm going to lose a little weight, right? Right. Number three, I'm going to flush out some toxins, right? Number four, people are going to get to see me face-to-face so I have a better chance of going out and using my influence and my energy on them. And number five, I can make a lot of money. Yeah. Like, it's a dream job, people. It really, (laughs) really is. But it also could be a scary job. Number one, people might not like me. Number two, oh my God, they may like hang up on me or they may slam the door on me and I can't handle that. Okay, well then just like Mike says, get in a casket and wait for crying out loud, you know, (laughs) right? So um, Lisa, I don't know if you realize this, but we've been speaking for 40 minutes now. Yeah, time flies when you're having fun, right? Time flies when you're having fun. And I want to go into my favorite part of the show. I actually asked a couple of people on my Instagram and Facebook page uh, if they had some questions for you. And we got a lot of responses. So do you mind if I right. ask you some questions? Yeah. 
Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So let's do that real fast. Um, so okay. here we go. Uh, the first question I have is from Delia Chaidez from San Diego. Look at that. Delia says, what is your strongest source of business and does it remain the same every year? Yes. It's past clients, centers of influence, and it's always been my strength. You have to find out what works for you. Everyone is different. Mm -hmm, for mm -hmm. me, I have a lot of friends. I love people. And so it's easy. Speaking of going outside and getting some sunshine, we have a courtyard in our office. So I took a list of people that I wanted to talk with and 20 people a day. Mm -hmm. And I took my cell phone out into the courtyard and I just call and say, hey, this is Lisa Ray, your realtor buddy, just calling to see, you know, if you know anybody who's moving that we can help. How are you guys doing? Have you thought about making a move? You know, just easy calls. I love them. Right. And uh, so, yeah, past clients is 63% of my business. Wow, that's a big, okay, good. Mm -hmm. All right, good. So that there goes that question, Delia. Thank you for asking that. Uh, here's uh, Josh Meredith has a question. Um, he says, so I became so spread thin with four to six transactions going at one time that I literally got confused. At what level in your business did you start delegating and hiring an assistant? Did you have a system set up CRM wise? Uh, and could you give us an example of some of the checkpoints that a file or process that made things simpler or more automated for you? Wow. To me, I think that hiring an assistant was even scarier than giving Mike the money. Really? Because mm -hmm. of the responsibility of it? The timing of it. Okay. I did that first. Oh, That gotcha. was the first leap of faith is mm -hmm. to hire an assistant. Mm -hmm. It's one thing if you don't close enough deals, but it's quite another if you've got staff and you don't close deals. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And then you feel bad if, you know, you had to let him go or embarrassed. So that was, for me, one of the scariest things I did. At the same time, it was the one critical thing that I did that propelled the business forward. Okay, good. And so, and so I, I got a question because I, I, I know the number of deals that you should be at to hire an assistant. What, what was it for you? At that time, I was only doing like 10 or 11 deals a year. Really? I hired my girl part-time. Okay. And she's the one that ended up putting systems in place. I didn't have anything in place. I didn't have any CRM. I mean, again, I was a stay-at-home mom who decided to kind of part-time go back into selling real estate. So mm. I, I didn't have any of that set up at the time. It's interesting, Lisa, but... Um... Here's a little tip for you. Um, in business, there's three personality types. The first is a skilled producer, some, someone who's just good at a certain thing, right? A la someone who's good at uh, speaking or good at sales or good at cooking or whatever the case may be, right? Um, but being a skilled producer alone is not enough. The second personality type is a manager leader. Someone who's really good at organization, putting systems together, structured, so forth and so on. And the third is an entrepreneur. 
an entrepreneur are 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 the types that they they have one focus and one focus only, and that's to to make money and to create something to make money. So what it sounds like you just said was that I'm a skilled producer and I went out and I got myself a manager leader. That's correct. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good. Okay, I love that. Let's see if I got a couple more, and I believe that I do. Yes, I do. So Kevin Mills, and let me try to find out where Kevin Mills is from. Kevin Mills, thanks for asking this question. He is from uh, Kevin Mills about, come on, buddy. Ooh. South Carolina. So Kevin Mills from South Carolina wants to find out the following. It says, how self-aware are you and how important do you think that is to build an incredible business? That's a great question. How self-aware are you and how important do you think that is in order to build a great business? It's so critical to know where your weaknesses are so that you can fix those mm -hmm. and where your strengths are so you can focus and, and, and put your energy toward that so that you can build the business even more. Yeah. I think being self-aware is just mandatory for having a good life, mm -hmm. period. And the best way to be self-aware is just reflection, right? Taking the time to reflect at the end of the day, you know, how could I have handled that better? What could I have done differently? Mm -hmm. Then to ask people their honest opinion and be a person that someone could give their honest opinion to, you know, the people would feel safe to tell you something that you might not want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. But they know that you're trying to be a better person. Better person. I love it. I love it. Kevin, I hope you enjoyed that. That was a great answer, Lisa. Um, question. Yeah, and then uh, last but not least, I've got Nicole Pratt who asked a question. What's your favorite source to call on? It's a little different question than what's your biggest source of business. What's your favorite source to call on? I do enjoy calling Just Listed, Just Solds. You do? I think I do. And I like door knocking just listed, just sold, probably even better. Awesome. Awesome. And tell me it's why. Fun. Because it's easy, you know. You're like, hey, just giving you a quick market update. We just listed another great house over at 123 Main Street. Did you see that go on the market? No? Well, that's why I'm calling. Just to let you know, you know, who do you know that would be interested? And what about you guys? And it, it's it's just an easy conversation for sale by owners and expireds can be a little difficult at times. And well, well, uh, hold on. That's, this is a, this is kind of cool. That's a perspective. <laughs> that is a perspective, right? It is because listen, I'm sitting here thinking, Oh my God, you know why she's so freaking amazing at going out and meeting people because she has such a positive perspective on it. That's why. Uh huh. And notice how you kind of shifted the minute we started, you say, ah, expires and for sale by owners. No. Which, which is hilarious because I get a large, my second source is expired. So I, you would think that I would love expireds as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The just listed, just sold. I love it. It's just a nice, fun call. I love it. I love it. 
Lisa, this has been a phenomenal conversation. Um, we've got a, we've got we've got a lot of people that are going to be listening to this show. Um, do you have any advice or any uh, last minute um, point that you feel could have a dramatic impact on their lives and on their business? And if so, what would that be? I'd plug into a network. I don't know if I could have done the last couple of years without my cohorts as far as, you know, Mike Ferry, uh, other top producers, mastermind groups. Yeah. I have this one girl, Kelly, from Virginia, and we just check in every single day. We've been doing it for years. And then I have... Uh, Another group that every morning we'll just say what our intentions are, what our goals are. And then at the end of the day, we always say, you know, the reality, our check-in. Uh, this is what happened. It just keeps you engaged and it keeps you inspired and it keeps you working hard. You're like, there's this girl, Krista Estes out of Mississippi, man. That girl will make 50 contacts a day. And there's like three days in a row where she won't make one appointment. But yes, yeah, she she'll just, keep going. She's relentless. That girl keeps going. We call her consistent Krista. And so if I wouldn't have had that type of inspiration, and I'm not just talking about a fictional book or a person, an idol, you know, someone that you know and right. that you're entrenched with and you're like, wow, she can do it. What's my problem? I need to, I can do it. I will do it. Right. I love it. And I, I, I love the answer because because it takes a lot of humility and self-awareness to allow yourself to be vulnerable enough to learn from other people and to also to be held accountable. So I commend you for that. I commend you for that. What do they say? A smart person is one who learns from their own mistakes. A wise person is one who learns from others. I didn't know they said that, but we're going to end it with that right there. We're going <laughs> to. <laughs> Thank you, Danny, so much. What a treat to be on your show. Uh, what, a, what, a, what a treat to have you. I had a, such an awesome time. And I want to give a shout out real fast to my friend Maria Quadros from our office Love in her. Downey because she's the one that introduced us and said she's got to be on the show. So thank you, Maria, so much. Uh, Lisa, I'm here to support you in any way that I can. And I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for your contribution to our budding community that is really spreading nationwide right now. So thank you, Lisa, for joining us. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Awesome. So that's a wrap, my friends. Episode 31 with Lisa Ray. Um, a very heartfelt, deep conversation. A very raw, a very true conversation. Um, I've got to tell you, hopefully this is one that you listen to over and over again. Lisa, if they want to connect with you, how do they do that? They can go to lisarayhomes.com or my email is lisa at lisarayhomes.com. Or you can always call me, especially with referrals, 720-273-1234, Colorado. So everybody, if Lisa has blessed you with this conversation, Bless her with 100% of your referrals in Colorado. And I hope Thanks. you guys do that. Lisa, we will see you soon. I'll see you in January, right? Definitely, yeah. All right, take care, everybody. That's a wrap. Bye-bye.